Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Ellis Williams, Charlotte Observer's Panthers reporter, coming up for our weekly 11:20 hit. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we got Charming or Chach in 40 minutes. The jig might be up here, guys. I think Willie might have just logged us out of all of his Twitter accounts. Here were the last. Here were the last two tweets I got to send. My name is Will Palachichachachachich, and I am the Sausage King of Charlotte. And then maybe my favorite. Oh, he deleted it! Damn you, Palachik! I uh, tweeted out, like, Chicago style, and then the greater than, and that basically went through about 12 different styles of pizza, and at the end, put New York style. Uh, that's probably the one that got him mad. So, Seriously? So Willie P has ended the fun. Will he acknowledge in public that I had control of his Twitter account for one full hour. He don't, Who deletes the tweets? Pelagic, explain yourself. Why did you delete the tweets? They were funny. I didn't take any shots at soccer. All right? I didn't take any shots. I could have gone way worse. I, that was PG. What's after PG? It's G, PG. Now you PG-13. It was not PG-13, because PG-13, Nick, is really like... Rated R, everybody else's, or rated X, everybody else's, because I just don't have any line in the sand. Oh, Pelagic. Damn you, Pelagic! I'm Will Pelagic. I'm Will Pelagic, and I didn't tweet that. In the meantime, um... <laughs> Willie P saying, I have control of my account back, and Nick Wilson is an oversized child. Twitter hacking? What is this? 2018? I'm Will Pelagic. Uh However, we got to get to the GOAT. Uh, FanDuel tweeted out a graphic this weekend. I'm about to retweet it right now, right here, right now. And it got it got everybody talking about uh, their, their GOAT thoughts. Who is the GOAT for every team? And the reality is I usually don't engage in such things because it's meant to get you and me pissed off. But for the Carolina Panthers, they had Steve Smith. And the reality is, you could you could convince me that you think that Steve Smith is the greatest Panther of all time. He is the, the greatest Panthers uh, wide receiver of all time. Probably the greatest playmaker of all time offensively. Which is saying something, because I think a lot of Christian McCaffrey, Smitty just did it for longer. And I think Steve is a bona fide Hall of Famer. I think, for me, the, the greatest Panther of all time conversation begins with Cam Newton or Julius Peppers. Because they were the two most individually dominant players. And Cam gets the nod for me because he was the most individually dominant quarterback this town has ever seen by a wide margin. And it's the most important position. And oh, by the way, he didn't leave here by choice. Julius Peppers did leave by choice. I'm not holding it against him in terms of I don't I have anything against him, but when we get to the greatest Panther of all time, I think leaving as a free agent, even though it was warranted, even though it makes sense. I mean, he, turned, he got a lot of money. I can't really fault him for it now. Cam, to me, the only NFL MVP in franchise history. I'll give it to Cam. But there are four or five guys. I, I'll go four guys. There are four guys that to me belong in the Mount Rushmore, and we're not going to do the Mount Rushmore of Panthers right now. 
But it's Cam, it's Julius, it's Steve Smith, and it's Luke Keekley. I think they were trying to rile people up by putting Steve Smith Sr. as the, the, the Carolina Panthers goat. It didn't work. Because I'll accept any one of those four players I just mentioned. So I'll ask you guys, though. 704-570-9610. Is Smitty the right pick by FanDuel to call to be called the GOAT for the Carolina Panthers? Because there are some other ones here. Like, there, there are some easy ones. Walter Payton being the greatest bear of all time. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jim Brown. Some 60 years after retiring, 50-plus years after retiring, the Cleveland Browns, greatest player of all time. Makes sense. But, like, Atlanta's Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a great wide receiver. Julio Jones probably on his way to being a Hall of Famer. Is Julio Jones more impactful? Is he is he a greater player than Matt Ryan was? I don't know. Matt Ryan was one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL for... 15 years, 12 years, whatever it was. I think he was drafted in 28 or 2008. I would take Matt Ryan over Julio Jones. And that's just the first name I thought of. I'm sure there are other guys that belong in that conversation. Uh, looking to, what was the other one that stood out? Oh, Joe Namath in the Jets. Joe Namath is the most renowned Jet of all time. Joe Namath is still the face of the New York Jets. He's not the best football player to ever step on the field for the New York Jets. He's not. Joe had, like statistically, Joe had like two or three good seasons in the NFL. From a from a actual who he was on the field, Joe Namath might be one of the most overrated players in the NFL history. I'm not trying to besmirch Joe, by the way. He's an icon. The, 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 the guarantee, like in terms of his cultural impact on the NFL – very few people have to do with the success of the early NFL and the Super Bowl what Joe Namath does. But on the field, there have been a cadre of better, at least a cadre, a, a small handful of players who have been better football players than Joe Namath. What I think is really interesting is in Philadelphia, they have Reggie White. If if we're getting into how stupid the GOAT conversation is just in general when it comes to one individual player is the greatest of all time, I actually think it's most impossible in the NFL because it's dependent on era. It's dependent on how a team played, which sometimes can hold players back. It's dependent on the talent around you. I think that whole conversation is useless. And that's before we get into the GOAT conversation. The, the easiest GOAT conversation to me is Major League Baseball because it's apples to apples. The style of play's changed a little bit, but most importantly, the game has pretty much still been the game for 120 years. The NFL looks nothing like it did 20 years ago. The NBA looks nothing like it did 20 years ago. But if we're having the GOAT conversation, the reason why the GOAT conversation is so stupid to me is, don't give me rings. Reggie White is one of the five best players in NFL history. I know because I watched the dude. From the time he stepped in, actually when he was in the USFL, he kicked everybody's ass too. But from the time the guy stepped into the NFL to the till basically the season he left, his last season in the NFL wasn't great. But Reggie White was the most dominant defender I've ever seen. Aaron Donald, phenomenal. All-time great. Reggie White was more dominant. Uh, John Randall, one of my favorite players of all time, another in, uh, undersized interior defensive lineman. Reggie White was better. J.J. Watt, Reggie White was better. In terms of defensive linemen, Reggie White is the best defensive lineman I've ever seen. 
I think it's interesting that he's called the Eagles' best player of all time. So just some of the ones that we've run out here. 704-570-9610. Atlanta's got Julio Jones. Carolina's got Steve Smith. Cleveland with Jim Brown. Dallas has Emmitt Smith, which we'll get to in just a second here. Joe Namath for the Jets. Which one of these do you think actually makes sense, and which do you think don't make sense? Because looking cross, I really hate that Warren Moon is considered the Titans' best player of all time. I don't care that the organization is the same organization. He's the greatest Houston Oiler of all time. Oh, and by the way, even if you're going to do that, you better talk about Earl Campbell. I, I can handle putting Warren Moon as the greatest Oiler of all time. Tennessee Titan, they've been around for 20 years. Be that Steve McNair, be that Eddie George, be that... Um, Who's the other guy I was thinking about when we when I was thinking about this earlier? There's one other guy. I can't for some reason it's not coming to frame right now. Chris Johnson? No, he didn't have enough run. Not he didn't have the kind of run that Eddie or or Steve McNair had. Those guys had six, seven, eight years as 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 a member of the organization, and they were pretty great the whole time they were there. Uh John the Beerman saying, I would argue Atlanta's is Michael Vick. I would talk. I'll hear Michael Vick versus Matt Ryan before I hear Julio Jones versus Matt Ryan. That's always going to be a what could have been. Like, if he doesn't have the issues off the field, Matt Ryan's never an Atlanta Falcon, so then I think the answer becomes Michael Vick. See, I think the the conversation with, with Vick is if he just played 10 years later. If, if it, Lamar Jackson is fantastic. I have eaten enough crow in Lamar Jackson that I don't feel like I'm besmirching him in saying this. As great as Lamar is... Michael was 10 times the player Lamar was. As a passer, he had a better arm. He was, he had no compunction about chucking that B down the field. Like, you would just, there were points where Michael would just do stuff. He would just kind of be like, I'm just going to dial this up. And you'd see Reeves throw down the headset. Like, great. He's he, he's just, he's freeballing out of the field. He's freestyling. Michael Vick, to me, is one of the five most talented human beings to ever step foot on a football field. You put him in this era, perennial MVP. He would be even better than he already was back then. And then, like, he was a cheat code on Madden. Was it 0-1 where you couldn't stop him? Yep. Like you now, just run around the field until somebody gets open and then throw it 90 yards. Um, but So we had discussion in the pre-show. Uh-huh. Because I, I thought the answer for the Panthers was, I thought it was Luke. And I and I was of the opinion that, like I say, it wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was just kind of a common generality because he was the best at his position. From the moment he basically walked to the NFL, I, I don't think that's true. Until he retired, I don't think. Or that's he was true. like top three for his entire career I, at the as a as a middle linebacker. Luke, his rookie year, there was a period of adjustment in that last year playing in the three four. Luke wasn't bad, but he wasn't Luke. He wasn't the guy that literally controlled games, and a lot of that was they were playing in a system that didn't support him up front. That's not his fault. That's like, Tepper's fault. They literally didn't have good enough defensive linemen to keep people off him, yeah. and offensive linemen and blockers were getting to the second level consistently, which completely negated the true greatness of Luke. I I, it, I think Luke is everybody's favorite because Luke never left because Luke was what I think people want NFL players to be. He's quiet, didn't say a lot. As a matter of fact, said literally nothing. And he was perpetually great uh-huh so i think he's maybe carolina's favorite but goat no not not in my opinion again that that's just one opinion it starts with pep or or cam to me 
and then it probably goes to Steve, and then it probably goes to Luke. I would probably put Cam and and and, and Pep as one A one B, however you want to rank them, then Smitty, then Luke. Again, as long as those four guys are the first four guys. I don't really care how you rank them, but that's more where my head was. So we are talking about FanDuel put out each NFL team's uh, GOAT. This is a great point. Um, TFB saying, who is San Fran's greatest? They had Jerry Rice. All do love and respect to Jerry Rice. Factoring in the importance of the quarterback position, Jerry Rice is not the GOAT of the San Francisco 49ers. Can we just say Bill Walsh? <laughs> I don't think that would be the wrong thing, by he's the way. He's their goat. Like, he's the guy that took the 49ers before Bill Walsh showed up were nothing. They were not one of the prestigious. I mean, they weren't really even that thought of as a team. They were just a team in San Francisco. And Bill Walsh not only found Joe Montana, third-round pick out of Notre Dame, but then traded a considerable sum of of draft collateral for a backup quarterback, and he got roasted over the coals only for that backup quarterback to be Steve Young and become the next NFL and MVP to play for the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll ask you guys, uh, you can send in for your favorite team. Who is your favorite team? Make sure to specify uh, NFL GOAT. And should Steve Smith be the the candidate for the Carolina Panthers? We'll ask that question of Ellis Williams of the Observer next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Charming or Chach coming up in just about 20 minutes. We're trying to get a hold of Ellis Williams. Do you think you think Ellis Williams hasn't picked up his phone yet because he America'd too hard last night? I this is one of the few days, and guys, I've gotten out of control on like Tuesdays in November when there's absolutely no special occasion to do it. Uh, in my history, is a just littered field of bad decisions that I've made. Sometimes it's about a holiday, sometimes it's not. But I have never gone full out on 4th of July. Meaning like I've never gotten recklessly out of control and out of my head. It's maybe the only day I haven't desecrated. So we'll see if we can get Ellis Williams on. We were just having the conversation about uh, the FanDuel each team's NFL team's GOAT or each NFL team's GOAT conversation. Uh, Marty, the one-man party, saying, by the way, fantastic handle. Marty, you are now my favorite person. Uh, he said, I have always thought that if they would have moved Peppers to tight end instead of defensive end, he would have been the greatest tight end uh, ever. Your thoughts? I don't know how it's it's just so wild. Julius was such a great defensive end. He was so prolific. You're probably right that he would have been a fantastic tight end or it would have been one of the greatest tight ends of all time. But like I it's just tough for me to imagine Pep being better than better at that position than he was at the one he already did. And yet he still wasn't the Panthers go according to FanDuel. For some reason, I'm not okay with Bruce Smith being the greatest Buffalo Bill, which probably actually is fair. Like, I think some people would say Jim Kelly. Jim's NFL career was only like 10 years. 
Bruce was in Buffalo longer and probably more dominant longer than Jim Kelly was. It just feels like that's sacrosanct to say because Jim Kelly is synonymous with Bill's football. Like the first name you ask, like when you say, what's the first name you think of? It's not Jack Kemp, former VP candidate. Uh, it's, it's Jim Kelly. It's not Thurman Thomas. It's not Bruce Smith. It's not right now Josh Allen. That's actually, that for, for my Bills people out there, for Bills Mafia, and from one Midwesterner to another, let me just tell you, I love me some Bills Mafia. If the Browns and Bills clash over the next 10 years, I'm going to really, it's going to be tough for me to hate Bills Mafia. I love the passion. I love the insanity of Bills Mafia. It'll be really interesting to see if there's a threshold of Josh Allen one day overtaking Jim Kelly as the most as the face of Buffalo's organization historically. Winning a Super Bowl obviously would do that. But I wonder outside of just winning a Super Bowl what that threshold is. The Bengals is also weird. Like the Bengals have oddly had, uh, they've not had a lot of great teams. They have had a lot of great players. And so it's weird that Anthony Munoz, who's probably their best individual player, but like, is he better than Boomer Esiason at his peak? Is he better than, uh, who is the quarterback before Boomer? It's not Paul Alexander because he was an offensive lineman. Ken, uh, Ken Alexander? Is he better than Joe Burrow? That, that was a little facetious. The one I was surprised, I was surprised that Itty Bitty Fitty didn't hate tweet me about this. Emmett Smith being the greatest Dallas Cowboy of all time feels like like somebody just that was the first name they thought of and didn't put thought beyond it. It just felt lazy. And I mean like part of it is like the Cowboys, even though they haven't won a Super Bowl in twenty six years, they've got sixty five years of great players. Emmett Smith's maybe the most accomplished with what he you know, all time NFL rushing leader, touchdowns and all those and all those Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Bob Lilly? Is he better than Roger Staubach? Is is he is he better than Jason Witten? I well, I, I would put Emmett Smith is better than Jason Witten. Yes, um, like in terms of overall greatness, yes. I don't think Jason Witten's one of the best tight ends in NFL history. I think he's a. I think he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I think if Jason Witten played for the Tennessee Titans, I don't. Like I, I think Antonio Gates was a better tight end. I think at his peak, Kellen Winslow II was a better tight end. Jason's a really nice player. I think he's elevated by the brand. And there are there that's what happens with every Yankee out there. There's a bunch of Yankees. Like Don Mattingly was a great hitter. His, his reign of greatness, really not that impressive up against Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or Mickey Mantle or even Derek Jeter. But Don Mattingly's put up there as one of the greatest of all time because he was a Yankee. That's what I feel like with Jason Witten. Uh, Matt and G. Burrow saying, uh, if the uh, if the Cowboys goat is Aikman, then that's the most overrated one on the list. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think T- Troy Aikman's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not even the best quarterback in the history of the Cowboys. Is this where you go in on? Oh uh, no, it, it is Roger Staubach. Yeah, R- Roger deserves to be the number one. And then he's not even better than Tony Romo. He he has more accomplishments. But and surely just playing the position. If you watch the film, Romo's better at quarterbacking. <laughs> my favorite thing to say than Aikman. My my favorite thing that people can say on sports talk is watch the film because it's it's completely that that means nothing. 
Like, you can just say you watch the film. Like, Steve Harvey the other day tweeted out something, and he said, he, he, ca- he, he put the punctuation was, read that again. And I was <laughs> like, you could add that to anything, and it makes it better. Like, uh, dogs are better than cats. Read that again. <laughs> right? A guy's named Stu have never had sex. Read that again. Right? Like, you could just say some nonsensical crap. But it and makes put, sense. And put either watch the tape or read that again. And somehow it's like, ah, that's my, my point's been made because I said something pithy at the end. Uh, you know, everybody has their one, their one take that will die on a hill. And, and my, my one sports take as a, as a Dallas Cowboys fan mm-hmm. is that Tony Romo is the best quarterback in the history of the franchise. He that's, just has two playoff wins and not Super Bowls to go with it. That's not a so the problem and you know, is and you know you know how I back that up. Watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Do the other one, dude. Tony Romo is the best quarterback in Cowboys history. Read that again. Do Tony it. Romo is the best quarterback in Cowboys history. Read that again. Look at that. We should have. Hang on. Why do we not take David Fisdale's take that for data and just we should have ran with that seven years ago. Uh. All right, uh, Wesley Walls is the most underrated tight end in NFL history. Take that for data. Because <laughs> essentially, the, you're actually you're onto something here. Because the the take that for data line basically means uh, data doesn't really back that up, but I'm just going to say some outlandish crap. <laughs> like Carrot Top is a better comedian than Dave Chappelle. Take that for data. Kevin James is my idol. Take that for data. Kevin James is actually talented. Take that for data. You got to do finger guns while you're doing it, by the way. Yeah, and 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 you gotta yeah put it sideways. Yeah, but my mic might like drop, and then the board might shut off, and then we have a, a whole. <laughs> then I have to go tell Jeff I was screaming, "Take that for data!" Well, and that's why we're off the air. And then there's no data to prove while we're off the air. Uh, Cardinals best players, Larry Fitzgerald. We're talking about uh, the fan duel. All right, this is a hot take. Is Aaron Rodgers really the greatest Packer of all time? That felt lazy, too, yeah, right? And, that, and it might be right, by the way. Like, Emmitt Smith might be the best Cowboy of all time. It just feels like the easy one to say. Because with the Packers, you've got Reggie White during his heyday. You do have Favre. I think I think Rodgers is a better quarterback than Favre. Um, you do have Bart Starr. I mean, Jesus, you've got 20 Hall of Famers to fall back on with Green Bay, all of which you can have an argument with. Are they the goat for that franchise? It's really hard for me to actually have this discussion because my hatred for Rodgers really just blends in to that discussion. But like when you're talking about the greatest of all time, I mean, he's a great regular season quarterback. But when you're talking, are we still talking about Tony Romo? Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. But you, you know, like. And look, I, I didn't see Prime Favre. I, I saw Favre after he sent unsolicited peen picks and his, and his shoulder was falling off. Uh-huh. And he was still really damn good. Mm-hmm. But like from what I've seen and watching old games and stuff like that. Because you watch the tape. Yeah. I would I would argue that Favre is on the same level. His arm talent isn't as great as Rodgers because Rodgers, I've never seen a guy throw the ball the way he does. You mean these. just flick his wrist and yeah. pop that be 50, 50 yards? But like... Like like Favre made plays that Rodgers can't make. No, I disagree with that. There's no 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 play I because I, I watch the tape. There's no play <laughs> that I ever saw Brett Favre make that Aaron Rodgers couldn't make it. Do you know what the difference between Favre and, and Rodgers is to me? Favre is a, a Favre is a gunslinger that just you were going to win by him and you were going to lose by him. 
Aaron Rodgers is one of the few gunslingers I've seen in NFL history that can gunsling and not turn the ball over copious amounts. That's fair. His, his decision-making as a gunslinger is, I'll be honest with you, because Pat Mahomes gets always, he's an incredibly efficient, trustworthy gunslinger. I think that's Aaron Rodgers. If you said you need a gunslinger in NFL history to win you a game, and and not lose you the game, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. Because he just, uh, it's one of the damnedest things I've ever seen in my life. Unless it's a home game, home playoff game in negative degree weather against the San Francisco 49ers. Then, because he's 0-3 in those situations. Uh, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not indulging on that. Uh, TFB <laughs> saying on the Garage Door Guru text line, is Mahomes already the GOAT for Kansas City? Kansas City has a sneaky good football history. Like Len Dawson, uh, a quarterback that deserves to be the, the, one of the GOAT players for Kansas City. Uh, Derek Thomas, yeah. Neil Smith, Neil's probably below Derek, but Derek is one of the most Honestly, historically underrated players we've ever seen. Tony Gonzalez is the guy they chose for the Chiefs. But when it comes to Mahomes, Mahomes is two or three years away playing the way he's playing now of being in that doesn't matter what happens after those two or three years, he's a Hall of Famer conversation. Is he not like already that's, there? That's, that's the the Sandy Koufax, right? He's been – no, no, no. He's only been a quarterback in the NFL for five years. But look at what he's done. Or going on five years. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's not great. But when we talk about the NFL Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame is pretty restrictive as it is. If if the wheels fell off and he was Blake Bortles in two years, Pat's probably not going to – we would look at that and say that's a great four-year run, but his greatness was, was four years. You get that to eight years, and anything that happens after that eight years, if again, if assuming he's doing the same thing and they're winning at the level they're winning right now, like that Hall of Fame – the. What is on Mahomes' Hall of Fame plaque right now isn't winning the first championship in Kansas City in 50 years. Well, okay, it is. But to me, the most the the moment that solidified him or, or the moment that we'll talk about first to this point in the Hall of Fame chase for him is going to be 13 seconds, you're down, Buffalo just scored, scoring a touchdown to get to the next round of the playoffs. That is all-time NFL. We, we get into hyperbole a lot. That was one of the greatest moments, greatest quarterback duels we've ever seen. And he took the guy who was probably the better quarterback overall this year and embarrassed him with 13 seconds to go. Literally, we've gotten to a point where Pat Mahomes is so good that with 13 seconds on the clock and 80 yards to go, we're looking at Pat Mahomes and going, I give him too much time. Yeah. And by the way, it's not hyperbole. It's not like any time he gets the ball in that scenario, you know. It's not enough time. We almost expect him to to deliver, yes. which is which is unfair because what you're asking him to do, but when he's done it as frequently as he's done it, it's like the Brady, the Favs, the Mannings. We just haven't seen it at this young of an age from an, from an NFL quarterback. So uh, each NFL team's GOAT, this graphic by FanDuel, has Tony Gonzalez as the greatest uh, chief of all time, uh, Aaron Rodgers as the greatest Packer of all time, Steve Smith is the greatest Panther of all time. Whomever your favorite team might be, because this, this triggered someone in the text line when I said it earlier. Whether you're a Bills fan in town, Steelers fan, who is the greatest player to ever play for your favorite team? Send those in to the Garage Door Guru text line. I don't think Ellis is going to be joining us today, but Charming or Chach is next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.
Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Coming up in 40 minutes, Dan Favalli, NBA writer for the Bleacher Report, explains the Rudy Gobert, uh, Rudy Gobert trade to us like we're seven. Because it was a lot for Minnesota to give up. Uh, we have yet to get into that. We'll get into that. We've got more to get into on uh, college athletics realignment. But it is time for Charming or Chach. Send in your submissions on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. And we'll tell you whether it's Charming or Chach. It is time to separate the wheat from the chaff. And the charming from the chach. So TFB starting this off <laughs> with uh, saying charming or chach. Itty bitty fitties claim that Joey Chestnut Chestnut is not an athlete. It's chach. It's why? Uh, not choking is in fact an athletic accomplishment. The man stuffs seventy dogs into his gullet in a five minute period and doesn't die. That is peak athleticism. He is pushing his body to the point of its very limits, the point where no other man or woman has gone, and he hasn't died. I think this is like the flying Willendas. Is walking across a wire that athletic? No. Put it up 10,000 feet in the air and don't have a harness? All of a sudden, you're pretty damn athletic to me. Yeah, it's it's extremely chocked. But what's even more chocked than him doing what he does for a living mm-hmm. is the people that... That's their 4th of July tradition, is to watch other grown adults engorge themselves in overrated hot dogs. Yeah, I don't understand the watching of it. Um, I don't understand what people get out of it, mostly because I'm kind of a bit of a... I'm it's a little disgusting. bit of a supremacist on what I watch. Like, I have very... like I got a high bar for what I'm willing to watch and waste my time with. But yet you saying... it, So it's... All right, if... Michael Irvin came out and said, yeah, Joey Chestnut, not an athlete. Well, that's one of the greatest athletes in the history of the world. I would understand it. Setting aside your record in the church leagues of historic Lancaster. I'm glad you remembered those. You're not one of the greatest athletes of all time. I don't know. You're the guy I would go to and say, hey, define athleticism for me. As the second most athletic guy at the station, I do think I have some grounds. Who's the first? It's got, it's got to be KB, right? The, the guy does push-ups during commercial breaks. Mm. So you're saying that the guy who had Division One offers to play football is not one of the most athletic people. I have not seen that tape. I've you, seen Kyle oh, Bailey's push-up right. tape. Uh, I had Division One offers. <laughs> Take that for data. How about that? All right, it is charming or chotch. <laughs> Send them in. Ooh, Kate, this is a really good one. Willie P. tweeted a picture of himself out uh, with salmon-colored shorts on the other day. He looked nude. He looked like he was cooking uh, sans pantalones, <laughs> buck naked. Um, you know what? I'm going to give Willie P. credit. I'm going to say they were charming. I thought they were very, very charming. One, it made you look at the picture twice. Two, they actually looked really, really comfortable. I was, I was like, I wonder if they make those of my size because they look so damn comfortable. I thought it was chotch, but for the because why do you just think everything's chotch? No, Are you just a hater? I am a hater because it didn't match the outfit. Nah, that's fair. And and I'm I'm a big matching guy, and also for no, his sake. Okay, you're a big matching guy. You have no style sense. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know when you became uh, Sports Radio 92.7 FNC's most eligible bachelor and fashionista. <laughs> Today, when you no, just declared it. No, no, <laughs> I I give you the first part. I'm not giving the back half. 
Um, and I mean, also for Willie. So what what color shirt or what ensemble would go well with a salmon colored shorts? Salmon's really hard to pull off. So like, I never wear salmon as shorts. I wear it as a top. Okay, and what goes with it? Khakis. Give me a color. Give me a, a shirt type. If you're the fashionista, you should be able to answer this pretty quickly. I don't. I, I've never wear. I've never worn those type of shorts. So like. Well, but you don't so have like, to like, wear I'll, shirt shorts to know what goes with them. So like, I would have worn like maybe okay, a white would have been easy, a gray, gonna, a navy blue. I'm gonna extrapolate. A white would have been easy. <laughs> uh, that's what I was looking for. Which you just gave me. You gave me three options of either colors or styles of shirt that would have went well with that. Still, you're not the fashionista. You're wearing a friggin' Keith Hernandez jersey. Thank you very much uh itty bitty fitty what do you have for charming or chach oh let's stick with the fashion theme so yesterday was the fourth of july that's fact that is a real fact take that for data and there were 26 teams on the diamond across major league baseball all donning special edition hats for the fourth of july Mm -hmm. you're a big hat guy big hat connoisseur it's true we got a big dome too were the fourth of july mlb caps charming or chach to one nick wilson they get the major league baseball in general Father's Day hats almost always slap. Uh, Mother's Day hats, uh, Labor Day hats. Like they, they got, if it's like Pete's Day, you know, a day named for guys named Pete, they pull off those hats really well. Fourth of July hats, not great, Bob. By and large, they're almost always pretty awful. So I will say they are chotch. By and large, Fourth of July hats from baseball are trash. And I've ne- I don't think I've ever bought one. So that should probably tell you. Ooh, Richie saying, guy who posts all his cooking to social media. Charming. It's charming because I do it. <laughs> Especially if you're posting good. Like, if, if it's food porn, and most of your food is food porn, and even Willie's yesterday, himself and his food was food porn. Charming. I've been told by pretty much everybody, the reason why they follow me on Instagram, at Nick Wilson says, is because of my, my food prep skills oh by the way be on the lookout i'm gonna be doing some uh some from some chicken tonight haven't decided what i'm gonna do with it but it will be on the gram at nick wilson says if you want to see it uh ooh, somebody said dj kahoot saying lemon butter is best with salmon mm. little food slash uh uh style joke there Ooh, real tar heel sending in on charming or chach drunk karaoke charming charming it's the only karaoke i don't want sober people doing karaoke you're you're trying to be too good like one of my favorite moments when vanessa and i first started dating our, one of our first official dates that didn't just involve me and her i took her to meet my the hungarian side of my family we're all drinkers all right and we're not just drinkers we raise hell and so we went to this place called moon doggies out on 43 in uh that's technically chatham ohio and we got rip-roaring drunk. And there was a guy who, who talked like Sam Elliott, sang like crap, doing Mustang Sally. And me and my Uncle Mike were doing strip teases on either side of Vanessa during Mustang Sally by Sam Elliott, who couldn't sing. And I knew the next morning when I woke up and she was still laying beside me, I knew. You had a wife? I had a wife. She didn't run, so drunk karaoke is the only karaoke. Very charming. Had had I sung Mo Bamba to Akuna Matata while drunk? Yeah. That that would have it'd be number one hit. All right, let me ask you. Can, do you do you have a song yet for it? No. Okay, so you've had now a <laughs> week of time 
You just last week, because I did Mo Mo Bamba. Bamba. That's nothing, he though. He plays center for the Hornets or maybe the Bulls. That's a song. <laughs> you were like, okay, how about Hakuna Matata? All right? And then, shots as you are, we're like, now you do it. You came up with the idea, failed to execute it, and then put it on me. And by the way, his name is Mobamba for the rest of his days. See, there. Where I was that it. a week ago? From you. Josh, <laughs> what else do you have? Um, all right. So this morning, Flounder released his top five sports movies of all time. Here is his list. Number five, Hoosiers. Number four, Coach Carter. Number three, Miracle. <laughs> number two, The Sandlot. And number one, Remember the Titans. So I ask you his, his his list overall of top five sports movies. Flounder, I love you. You need to hear this. It's very chotch. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You, have you just not watched any of the good ones? Coach Carter is trash. Whoa, okay. It's Coach Carter is trash compared to Bull Durham, compared to uh, The Natural, compared to Remember the Titans. It's trash. I would If Draft Day was on there, I might have respected it more than the list of crap that he put there. Whoa. Said what I had to say. Okay, all right. Your boy needed to hear it. I didn't. Well, no, I thought it was Chach, too, because first off, he has Miracle in there. Um, nobody gives a damn about Miracle. Uh, Not even Vince Papali. <laughs> and then, like, like Coach Carter being in there over whether it's Major League for the love of the game. Some of those baseball movies. I, I like the movie for the love of the game. But the fact that that was your second go-to That's on my this favorite list, Costner baseball yeah, film. Favorite, favorite is fine. The best, no, sir. So what's his best baseball film? It's Bull Durham. It's not even close. Bull Durham is one of the best movies of all time. Before we get... And by the way, peak Susan Sarandon. Doggy, I'm a married man. Let me just tell you, peak Susan Sarandon would have me dividing up half of my estate. Uh, because that's how attractive Peak Susan Sarandon is. <laughs> Panthers bow. That list sucks. Okay, can't say that. Uh, TFB saying, Charming or Chach, the Cleveland Guardians, Fruit Loop Hot Dogs. I'll go Chach. Yeah. Um, they had me until Fruit Loop. Right. Everything else on the dog sounded fantastic. Uh, you know, the sautéed onions, fantastic. The uh, bacon and cheese, fantastic. It was like Fruit- bacon and mac and cheese, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, if I was uh, bacon and mac and, mac and cheese, thank right. you. If I was going to have any cereal on a hot dog, it'd be Fruity Pebbles. But, like, what would you, would it just be the hot dog and the Fruity Pebbles? Or, like, what, like, what condiment are you putting on there? I think it's just the the dog and the, the the dog and the cereal. So would it taste better boiled as opposed to that way you have the natural like? No, because boiled dogs are, are disgusting, awful. awful. Also, uh, Brian Windhorse Friday was very charming. Um, Notre Dame controlling the future of college athletics is very chotch. Uh, Willie P deleting his tweets. Josh, Josh, yeah. taking it seriously, I would like to point out that when Willie P left open his Twitter account in studio here, by the way, Willie called it hacking on uh, on Twitter because this is apparently Swordfish in the movie, you know, the movie Swordfish and it's 1996. But Willie P getting upset about this is so chotch. I could have done way worse things. I could have been profane. I didn't. I could have said personal things. I didn't. I. I simply tweeted out things that he would not normally say, and so now my feelings are hurt. Now I'm feuding with Willie P. (laughs) Or not. Uh, When we come back, ideas about uh, the disillusion 
of the ACC and what it means for every team in this conference on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.